1: That time of the week again, the Rugby League Rant 5th and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Welcome to the fifth and last NRL podcast, round 24 edition, and it'll be the last one where I'm riding solo. The big fella, he lands back in Australia early Thursday morning. I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon, so it'll be good to have the big fella back on board next week, but for this week, we'll soldier on. I hope you enjoy the weekend's games. I thought round 23, it was one of the most exciting and unpredictable that we've had so far this year. Um, and threw up a lot of upsets and a lot of mixed results, and probably left us a little bit, uh, you know, more unclear. Not not so much clearer on who's going to be the premiers in 2016. But we'll press on. We'll start with some of the news that came out of the week, and probably the most, uh, you know, the most interesting story I would imagine for most is uh, the Kieran Foran. Rumours, or not rumours anymore Because Jim Doyle confirmed through a statement Through the Warriors last night That they are speaking to Kieran Foran And they're looking to sign him on a one-year deal Look, for me, I I just hope that Kieran uh, Gets his off-field life and, and dramas sorted Before, obviously, he jumps into another deal But if and when he does this, will be massive for New Zealand Rugby League. It, it'll be really, really positive. Um, you throw him in with Isaac Luke, Sean Johnson, and Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, and you've basically, basically got the New Zealand spine. So it'll be a very, very big coup for the New Zealand Warriors club. Uh, and, you know, for me, it all looks positive. I do feel a little bit sorry for the Parramatta fans because, you know, I thought Kieran played some good football there this year when he was fit um, and obviously had his head right and Parramatta look like to me a top four side I've, I've got absolutely no doubt they'd be sitting probably around about where Canterbury and the, the Canberra Raiders were if they had Kieran on the field and obviously they didn't have all the other dramas. but we'll see what um, we'll see what pans out, out um, in, in regards to that story over the next few weeks no doubt that you know that'll either go north or south and, and be decided Corey Payne he was granted a release from the Panthers after only well three to four months in the job interesting one obviously um I do have some connections here, and I'm, I'm still doing some coaching and scouting at the Panthers. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what went on here. Um, the statement from the club, and I've got no reason to question, the statement from the club read that uh, Corey was looking at overseas options. Uh, he actually came to uh, my school day one of this term and spoke about how many times he's been overseas and all the connections he's got overseas. So I, I tend to believe um, the statement that the club released. Of, you know, I've obviously heard all the rumors as well. Uh, And all the different varying media reports But until we get something solid And uh, some sort of truth All those stories are proven I've got no reason to question the statement from the club Uh, And I think it's sad to see Corey Payne go But look, I mean, he's uh, obviously young and ambitious And he's got a lot of qualifications And maybe uh, he's a little bit too big for Rugby League um, Based on, you know, what I saw of him And uh, his ambitions So... Uh, All the best to him. We'll see what comes out, obviously, in the wash in terms of truth about, you know, obviously all the rumors floating around. I'm not going to buy into them here uh, or speculate. Uh, Look, Ryan James has hit on James Tedesco during the Titans' victory over the Tigers on Saturday afternoon at Campbelltown Stadium was a talking point. Look, I don't think the tackle was deliberate. Uh, I think it was an accident. However, I do have a massive problem, firstly, with the fact that Ryan James is allowed to stay on the field. When James sedesco obviously had a broken jaw, uh, the other issue obviously is that Ryan James isn't even charged with a one-week suspension. So I think it's a careless grade two with an early guilty plea. He gets a week. Now the Titans are actually going to the judiciary to challenge this, and as a Titans fan, I'm a little bit mixed on this. I. Look, I think Ryan James, um, he's got this in his game. He's, he's not on the Andrew Fafita level of stupidity um, or ill-disciplined and loose behaviour, but he's not far off, Ryan James, uh, and I think it's a real red mark or red cross on his CV and on his game, from my personal opinion. That's probably the reason why I'm not as sold as a lot of people are on having him in state of origin. I don't think you can have that type of player who's going to give away two or three penalties per game in a state of origin side in such a tough and tight arena. Uh, I, th- I do think the NRL needs to look at the rule that, you know, Ryan James is clearly going to go on report for that tackle. James Tedesco leaves the field, Ryan James stays on. I think the NRL in, in situations like that need to look at having the player who's infringed or caused the injury go off uh, for as long as a player who has been injured in the foul play goes off. So in that instance, Ryan James would just be subbed off Titans bench player would come on and same as what happens to the Tigers obviously Tedesco comes off and uh, the player from the Tigers goes on I'd I'd also like to see the Titans charge with an interchange uh, for that if they don't have an interchange left I think they should lose an interchange for the next week's game Uh, that's my opinion on it I do have a massive problem that you know I know the Tigers came back they scored two tries with Tedesco off the field but um, I think at the key moments at the end of that game and trying to get some uh, some crucial yards uh, during Golden Point, I think J- James Sedesco's impact on that game would have been invaluable. I think it was a real turning point in the game. Um, not that I thought either side played particularly well. It was obviously an exciting game, but uh, I think it really did hinder the Tigers' chances of winning that. Uh, and breaking news at the moment, we've got James Roberts, who's reportedly been investigated by the NRL Integrity Unit for... Abusing a female barmaid, um, and I can, you know, I think this has been not brewing, but you could you could see in the body language of James Robertson, just the way he's been playing this year, he's ultra frustrated. Uh, he's got a history of off-field incidents, so um, this isn't going to go down well. Who knows, you know, whether he'll uh, he'll he'll be able to continue his career. What the NR will do, I, I wouldn't imagine he's going to be um, kicked out of. More sacked for this sort of offence, and and that's not saying that the offence doesn't warrant some punishment. That you know, there's no excuse for abusing anyone. uh, You know, or or in this case, a female barmaid, uh, particularly under the influence of alcohol. So, look, we'll see what comes out again in the wash of this, but that's something that's just uh, just been released through the media now. Uh, Luke Lewis, he signed a one-year extension with the Cronulla Sharks. I think that's a good move. I think he's got another year in him. Um, He. Luke Lewis, very similar to Corey Parker, in that he just seems to play um, better football as he gets older. Uh, another player, Maniah Cherrington, he signed with the Sharks for 2017 and onwards. During the week, interesting because he can't get a run at the Tigers, obviously. And you know, the Tigers have now moved on nearly every hooker they've got in the club. So, uh, for Tigers fans out there, I'm very, very excited to see uh, young Jake Little uh, get a run. Hopefully, uh, I think he's a, the player of the future at the Tigers. I don't know why he is not playing first grade at the moment in front of Dean Hallitow. <laughs> I have no idea how Jason Taylor. Uh, I, I understand that Dean Hallitow gives a service off the deck, but I think he could be used, used in other ways, and I'd have little in there, no doubt about that. Uh, South Sydney they reportedly had a meeting over the weekend with Kevin Locke, uh, looking at signing him. I think that's probably a good move. You'll get him at a decent price, and uh, you know I thought Kevin Locke was a pretty solid NRL player. He's a New Zealand international, and uh, South could do worse and sign him. Robbie Rocco, he also sound, uh, signed with the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, late last week, citing that he, he needed to challenge himself. Um, he doesn't obviously doesn't think he's getting the challenge at Newcastle. He denied reports that he's jumping out of a sinking ship. I know a lot of Newcastle fans are unhappy with that. Look, I think it's a good buy for South, but Robbie's got a little bit to prove, I think, uh, to justify the sort of cash he's jumped ship for. Uh, Hodgson, Josh Hodgson, a one-week ban. He's taken the, the plea... Um, to avoid carryover points in the finals, but he will lose, interestingly, three Dally M points. And obviously when the, uh, the votes went silent, he was right up there. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of impact that has on his Dally M ambitions, but I think it's a smart move from Josh and the club to make sure he doesn't have that, uh, those carryover points hanging over his head coming into the finals. Looks like Luke Walsh should be heading back uh, to the NRL with a Sydney-based club. He's had enough of the English Super League, and uh, you know he might even get a premiership with the St Helens uh, side before the year runs out. They're actually they're going really well at the moment, and that was one I'm proud of. I, I said you know earlier in the year that I think St Helens will come good, and they they look like they're going to. I don't know whether they're going to win win the Super League, but they're certainly coming home strong. Uh, Elliot Whitehead, he's extended to the end of 2018 with the Canberra Raiders. He's been in a, a really, really good find for uh, the Raiders this year, and that's a really, really good move. And, you know, as many of those players they can keep together at Canberra, the better they're going to be. And the last little bit of news was Curtis Rona. Unfortunately, he's signed to go to the Western Force for two years. It's a bit of a loss. I think Curtis, is, uh, he was, I think he was uh, NRL's leading tri scorer last year. I think he's looked fantastic since he's moved into the centres. Disappointing to see him go. I think he, uh, but obviously he's going to get more money in rugby union because they place a greater value on uh, wingers in their game. Alright, we'll take a quick break and then I'll jump into the fast five and we'll have a look at the matches from round 23. Alrighty, we'll jump into the fast five for round 23, and look, my high for the weekend was the upsets and the unpredictability of the round. I thought it made for, you know, it set these last uh, three weeks up. Uh, I don't think we're any closer to really knowing who's going to be in the finals. I think, you know, that loss for the Tigers and the fact that James Tedesco is going to be out for the remainder of the regular season at least puts a real big dent in the Tigers' chances. I've got them on life support, but... Other than that, I think things have just become a little bit murkier uh, for the other well, ten remaining sides, or nine remaining sides. Uh, and look, I think it sets up a really, really good last three weeks. My low was that exactly. Uh, James Cedesco's broken jaw, um, the one week suspension. Suspension. Look, I know it's an accident, but the punishment it should have been harsher. I think at least a two to three week suspension for Ryan James would have been fair. Uh, you know, and people saying that we shouldn't judge uh, suspensions via injury. Well, you're wrong in the fact that that's the way the rule is written. Uh, the severity of the injury does come into account. I know the Titans are going to go there and argue that, uh, the fact that it was an accident um, and there was no intent. And I, I don't doubt that there was an intent. He, he obviously swung his arm. Uh, I don't think he meant to hit him on the chin and break his jaw. Uh, but when you look at instances like the Martin Tapao one at the start of the year, then you can sort of see where the Titans are coming from in terms of going to challenge it. I thought Martin Tapao should have got six weeks for his, uh, his swinging arm, so it'll just be very, very interesting. It's Russian roulette with the judiciary. I know I've got a lot of questions on this for this week's uh, question segment from our listeners. Uh, look, and I'll nail all those now. I, I have absolutely no idea what's going on with the judiciary. I don't know what happens with the match review panel. I don't understand how Ryan James wasn't put on report on the field. Uh, he wasn't charged, obviously, until after the game. He was penalized on field, wasn't put on report. I, I don't understand it. We've had a litany of them this year. The Martin to one to me, it was at least a six week suspension. Uh, he, the, the hit he put on Jack Bird earlier in the year uh, at Brookvale Oval was sickening. Uh, it was deliberate, and I, I'm not sure how it didn't get the highest grading. I know I'm not the only one, uh, or you know, sort of commentator who's had that opinion. But I am really dumbfounded at you know where where the judiciary system goes. I think it needs a complete overhaul. We need to make sure that, you know, if there's a grade five there, we're at least charging a couple of players each year for the most severe incidents with the highest grade. I, I can't remember the last time a grade five in anything was handed down. So if that's the case, why do we have it? We need to streamline it, simplify it, and make make sure the lines of communication between the match review committee, obviously the referees on field, the bunker, and the judiciary are all uh, in alignment. I, I get the feeling that, you know, sometimes the referees or the match review committee deem things more severe than, you know, for example, what the judiciary does and there's no real consistency in ruling. So, look, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this area uh, and it'll be interesting to see what the NRL does over the off-season. Uh, but my best, I thought it was South Sydney, their dem- demolition of uh, the New Zealand Warriors was, uh, you know, their best performance of the year, in my opinion. Uh, the other one obviously was the, uh, the, the dragons defeating the sharks. they both sides jumped out of the ground for me this week, South Sydney and the dragons um, and josh uh, Josh Hodson again, I thought he was great on uh, on Monday night in his team's win over uh, the Melbourne storm and that shoots them right up into Premiership calculations for mine uh, you know after beating obviously the storm and the sharks in consecutive weeks. My worst I, well I had the warriors. Their unpredictability. When you when you think they're going to zig, they zag. The Warriors, and uh, that was a big zag on the weekend. That's for sure. They were totally outplayed. They were they weren't, you know, willing to get into the physical battle and the physical nature of the game. South Sydney really took it to them. They didn't want to know about it. The Warriors, and they had a lot more to play for than what South Sydney did. And look, I've got a real question mark on. You know where they're at this weekend, and it'll probably give us a better idea on where the Cowboys are at as well, because they've obviously had two uncharacteristic performances over the last two weeks. So it'll it'll make for interesting viewing this weekend that game. Uh, but that they were definitely my worst. The Warriors. Right, we'll jump into some questions from the Facebook and Twitter pages. And Adam Bain. He will start off with you, Adam. Best wishes to Matt Orford and his family. Obviously, yeah, Matt Orford. He's been reported to have a blood clot on his brain. So that's an absolutely horrendous, uh, you know, bit of news for, for Matt and his family. But, look, let's hope it's not too severe. He's had some surgery, and let's hope he pulls through and um, he returns to 100% health. Adam Bain, Luciano, Leilua to the Dogs. What can you tell us about him? Well, he's a big fellow that's been running around for the Dragons over the last couple of weeks. Big body, physical, um, you know, was obviously a standout in the 20s. Raymond Kalou, the Bulldogs, top four. Yeah, well, they're in the top four at the moment. Big Raymond though. But I still don't think they're going to be uh, be a real premiership threat. Nigel Huntley, do you think the Storm and Sharks could be easing up on their training to freshen up for finals, which is why Canberra have been able to perform so well? And do you think Canberra can stay up long enough in sudden death to football to reach a grand final? Look, Nigel, I did a little piece at the start of last week's podcast. I think Canberra have timed their run perfectly. I think you need to be you know, up um, at the top level for probably eight weeks I think it's more the opposite, Nigel. I think the the Storm and the Sharks will be really getting in a high-volume phase of their training at the moment. They're probably coming into, into games a little bit tired um, and a little bit physically fatigued. But I think in the next two weeks, you'll see them come on and look fresher and hopefully kick through the finals. That's what the, most of the coaches will be planning for. And this is basically because the Storm and the Sharks have a luxury. that They've been uh, basically locked into the top four for now a month. So they've obviously had that luxury to be able to uh, go through that high phase in, in training. Brady Lewis commented, he said, I wouldn't say they've been eased up, but the intensity intensity, uh, decently isn't there. A guaranteed top four spot nearly six weeks in final will do that to a team. Yeah, well, that, the training obviously changes when you're guaranteed and you know where you're going to be in six weeks' time. Josh Bell, the Raiders have plenty of improvement in them. They're getting better every week, let alone another pre-season under the belt. Yeah, look, the Raiders look outstanding. I'm not going to take anything away from... Uh, anything away from the Raiders, they're going outstandingly at the moment. Nigel again, never seen Canberra Stadium so full. Was a really good atmosphere. Kind of disappointing they don't only support the team when it's winning. Don't really think they can complain about getting a home semi. Maybe if it was a full house every week, I, I think they should have a home semi. I think the if it's no to me, it's no different to Melbourne. I, I've got no idea how you know. I don't know this definitely, but if Canberra are forced to play a preliminary final in Sydney, that's ridiculous. It, it'd be like saying to, Mel, uh, to Melbourne, you have got to play. a Preliminary, finale, preliminary final tongue twister in uh, in Sydney. It's it's ridiculous. The, the capacity down there is more than enough. They played a major semi down there. I think it was in 2010, the Raiders against the Tigers, and they sold it out. So, look, I, I think the, the people of Canberra, the only way you you want to get crowds there, will let them watch the bigger games, and you'll get big crowds there. Mitch uh, B, can the Raiders win the GF? If so would that be the biggest surprise since Benji's Tigers? Well, Mitch, it would be, mate. I, I totally agree. I think them winning the Grand Final will probably be as big of a surprise as as that. Yeah, the, the Tigers, they came from nowhere to win that comp. I think the Roosters in 2013, no one really predicted them to win the competition, but they shocked a few. Um, Andrew Luck, should the NRL have a crack at some big rugby union players like Israel Flauquay Cooper? I don't think so, Andrew. I think traditionally, and I've, I've had a discussion with a family member about this recently, that tell me the last rugby union player to convert to league it it doesn't happen it's always league players converting to union so look I think we've got enough good players of our own we don't need the rugby union players they're two totally different games um obviously union values the outside backs that that rugby league can produce and the fact that they like to pay them a lot more money they're a more valued commodity in rugby union um look I think the, the prop forwards in rugby union compared to rugby league you know there is crossover there um, but the differences are obviously a lot bigger I, I, you know if one of those players wanted wanted to come over for reasons other than money to challenge themselves I'd love to see it but uh, I, think, I think a lot of it is money and particularly when you look at the money that outside backs are on in rugby league centres and wingers just don't have the value that they once did um, so that's why they tend to go to rugby union to get more money William Robinson, are the Bulldogs one of the worst top four teams in a couple of seasons? Look, I think they are. Oh, they, they they can't even get a repeat set inside their own 20. They can't kick. Um, they can't build pressure. Look, and that's not to say that I don't value or rate what they're doing. I, I just... They're an outlier. The way that they win games, they just grit their way through games. They've got a really, really tough forward pack, the Bulldogs, um, and they just find a way to win. They've got a real knack of finding a way to win. And that's one thing that Des the side's Tend to do, Arthur Maslumian. What do you think of the Corey Payne situation out at Penrith? Seems very odd. It mate, it's it's very odd. I, I have absolutely no idea. I don't have an inside word on it. Um, and even if I did, I wouldn't be sharing it on uh, in the media or through a podcast. But um, for me, from what I saw of Corey, and um, I didn't have anything to do with him in terms of coach and CEO at Penrith, um, or you know, in my role as a scout there. Most of my work at Penrith had been done uh, before. Corey was appointed, so I was looking from the outside in like everyone else. As I said before, he came um, and did a bit of a talk at our school first day of this term. I found him to be very intelligent, very ambitious, uh, and very well-traveled. So, you know, if he's going to go overseas and, and take up another uh, offer, if, that, if that's all there is to it, then good on him. If there's more to it, it'll come out in the wash anyway, so wait until we get the facts and we'll go from there. Can someone from the outside the top four win the comp? I think this might be the year. That's from Daniel Friend. Mate, I think so. All right you've only got to get on a four week run I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet you know tradition obviously says that the top four team wins it Um, but look I think I really hope that you know the finals are interesting usually you've got two or three teams there that are just cannon fodder and you're waiting for those final two weeks of the final series to get some good games but this year potentially I think you can from one to eight you could have teams that could win it Jay Schroeder, what do you think about foreign heading to the Warriors? Are the Broncos a chance of not making the eight? No, the Broncos, well, they're in the eight now. They're on 28 points. They, I think the Broncos will go close to making the top four, to be fair, if they can, especially if they can get a win tomorrow night over the Bulldogs. Um, foreign heading to the Warriors, I think it's good. It'll be good for New Zealand Rugby League. Uh, I think it'll be good for Kieran. Um, get out of city, get out of the fishbowl, and uh, hopefully get his life back on track before he starts playing rugby league again. But, you know, if he's good and ready to go... Um, I think it's a really good good place for him to go. I, I question how they've got the money to sign him, um, when they've basically got an international spine, but I will leave that discussion for another day. Sebastian Lawrence, do you think the Cowboys are still a chance of a back to back premierships after a couple of poor performances had to think morale is starting to wane? No, I don't think it's their morale. They're just a little bit flat. They're probably in a high training phase as well. But look, look at the moment, they're uh, they're in danger of missing the top four, which is you know, it didn't look like that. that was going to be the case about a month ago, but they've brought on a bit of a lean streak the Cowboys, so they argue they're going to have to win this week against the Warriors, and they're probably going to have to win three from three to be any shout of finishing in that top four. Uh, David Crelin, I hope you're well, David, um, an old next-door neighbour of ours. Have the Sharks' wheels come off? Can they get the momentum back on track? Um, and can you see the Panthers winning all their remaining games? Mate, I think the Panthers can definitely win all their remaining games, absolutely. Um, you know, and if they do, they're going to Put themselves into what you'd think fifth or sixth, and we'll give them a home final first week. Um, look, the Sharks. I think I think the wheels have come off. I think you know start, a couple of cracks are starting to appear. You know, I know I said it after the Titans game that Daryl' discipline is going to cost them at some point. It looks like sides are sort of starting to target them, and you know the, the Dragons were into Andrew Fafita a lot uh, on Saturday night, which was interesting. Um, I think they can get their momentum back on track. They've got a good enough squad there, and um, it's probably a little bit of post-Origin. Um, A little bit of, you know, rust and a little bit of a dip after such a long winning streak and obviously the origin period and high training phase. There's a whole whole heap of different things. Look, they're going to be a top four team, so they'll get two cracks at the cherry. Um, And yeah, I I, I definitely think they can get their momentum back. Uh, Will Marchington, if the salary cap keeps increasing every year, which looks likely, will this lead to a bigger disparity in the latter for years to come? Well, mate, it's not the fact that the salary cap keeps increasing. If the salary cap you know, it was 10 million and that's all that every club was allowed to spend. It'd be a lot easier because that would actually be a cap. But the problem is, is that TPAs creates this disparity that you talk about in the ladder, not the salary cap itself. So, you know, it should just be a hard cap of 10 million. Every club gets 10 million. That's all you can spend. No TPAs, no marquee player allowance, no, None of that. Just the NRL should throw a couple of extra million at the clubs. I think at the moment it's about seven million the salary cap. So if they came out and said, "Look, we're going to give everyone ten mil, but that's all you're allowed to spend. No TPAs, no nothing else. It's just you know ten million across your twenty five players. Go nuts." I think that that'd create um, a fair market at the moment. It, that's that's the problem, mate. You've got clubs that have got more money to spend in terms of TPAs than others, and then that's where the disparity starts. And then obviously you've got nrl owned clubs who are only spending. Uh, basically the cap, they're not really getting access to TPAs. They might get a couple, but nowhere near what the top clubs are getting. Uh, Martin Adam, despite recent good form to the Raiders, need to replace Jack White to get a long-term championship winning 1, 6, 7, and 9 spine. Hashtag Josh Hodgson for Dalian. Mate, I think you'll go close to Dalian. Look, despite recent form, I I think you've got to stick in there at the moment, but obviously they had plans. They tried to get Tedesco. They tried to get... Um, Josh Mance, or well, they had to Tedesco and he reneged. Um, they've got a young kid coming through the 20s, uh, Nick Kotrick, who I think could be a future number one. So I, I can't see him moving Jack Whiten or going out and spending too much money trying to get a one. There also needs to be a decent one on the market. So, look, mate, for this year and next year, I'd I just stick with Jack White and, um, he You know, I do understand he can be rocks and diamonds, but he, to himself, is only still young. Um, but I'd like to see him, obviously, like you would, to develop a little bit quicker and, um, you know obviously show a little bit more maturity during games Ben Wilkinson I heard from mate's dad that Mark Gasnier got fired from Fox Sports and now he wants to make a comeback with the Dragons to play 5-8 do you know if this is true well no mate I haven't heard that um, so yeah I'm, I'm going to steer clear of it uh, and there was a few comments on this post saying this is not the first time I've heard of this rumour I've heard this too so well, look yeah I don't know mate he was on Fox Sports on the weekend um, so I have no idea, and I don't want to make comment on something I don't know. So I'll steer clear of it. We'll get uh, mystic gossip onto onto that one. Chris Crow, where is, all the bun- where is all the bunny salary cap at? I know Sam and Gi took a chunk. What are they on? But who has the rest? Other teams carry three or four stars on big money. What they had to have moved a couple on, and um, they've spent an absolute mozza on uh, GI and obviously Sam Burgess. They'd be spending a fair bit, I'd imagine, on John Sutton, the Burgess twins, uh, the two props. Plus you throw throwing Adam Reynolds. Uh, you know they've got three or four stars. If you you know if you want to compare. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm not sure in the exact breakdown of the salary cap, but look, at least those five, they'd be on more than $500,000. So that's where that cap's going. Ivan Lloyd, I wanted to ask this week after the double movement fiasco because I don't like the rule. Do you know the reason behind why double movement rule exists? Surely if you get the ball over the line, it should be a try. That's the aim of the game. Yeah, look, I think, plain and simply, if you the arm carrying the ball... Hits the ground, you can't progress it any more, any further without momentum. I think the rule is really simple. I, I don't understand why it's so confusing, but I understand your point, Ivan, in the fact that we get so many inconsistent decisions. So obviously there is some disparity and conjecture into, uh, well, what the rule is. You know whether whether it is you know as simple as the arm carrying the ball uh, touches the ground, it's no try. You know, can you can you bounce and move your arm forward if momentum is taking you? We've seen it. We've seen a whole heap this year, and it has been frustrating to watch. But uh, yeah, well, rugby union's got one where if you just get it to the line. So I guess if they just said, look, if you if you're close enough to the line, get it to the line. But I'd have an issue. I have an issue at the moment in the fact that the rules are different between you know the hundred metres of the field of play, and then we go into the in goal and the rules completely change. So that's something that I don't like. Uh, Andrew Wales, Storm Sharks, both low in form. I'm expecting the Sharks to hit it big time versus Rabbits after everyone has had a rest now and a nine-day turnaround. Thoughts? Yeah, I think the nine-day turnaround is definitely going to help. Michael Ennis uh, made comment of that after the game on uh, on the weekend, on Saturday night, saying, you know, obviously they've had the, the, the couple of short turnarounds. Um, just RJ, Ryan James deserve to miss a few games after a careless contact Saw Teddy break his jaw. I think he deserves to miss the rest of the season, like the three three weeks, or at least two. I think if he gets away with one, uh, wow, he's done very well. Raiders playing well, but how uh, they back up after a five-day turnaround versus Storm? That will be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be tough, really, really tough. Uh, Chris Crow, brilliant, bang on. Cam Smith finally doesn't get his own way, and Dummy flies out. Well, in the in the press, this must have been in the press conference on Monday night. So he quotes Cameron Smith. Uh, he said they were very happy to give away a penalty uh, and that's why there was such a high number of tackles inside 20, Smith said. Have you got the stat on how many penalties we had inside their 10 metres? But we weren't crisp enough with our attack inside their 20 metres. They scramble well and their line speed was good. So just Cameron Smith saying that the Raiders were basically deliberately giving away penalties inside their red zone to stop Melbourne from gaining any momentum and hopefully turning them away uh, you know, without conceding points. Ricky Stewart, he had a one-liner. He said, we learned it off Cameron. So that was through Triple M NRL. Well done, Chris. Uh, very funny. We'll now jump over to Twitter and have a look at some of the questions on there. And thanks a lot, guys, for adding in so many questions every week. Uh, it obviously makes things a lot easier to, to get your thoughts and, and uh, you know, obviously give me some questions to, to answer. All right, what have we got here, lads? Remember three months ago when I said the Raiders had the best pack in the NRL? Not so unfathomable now. Hey, that's from Sandow. Look, mate, uh, I still don't think they've got the best forward pack in the comp. Uh, I think Melbourne's still a standout clearly. Um, and from memory, you said that the... Uh, I'm pretty sure you said the Bulldogs had the, best, comp, not the uh, best forward pack in the comp, not the Raiders. But anyway, I think obviously with the additions of a couple of Raiders forwards um, uh, in particular... Uh, the big fella from Parramatta Junior Paulo. That's definitely helped during the season, that's for sure. Uh Benny Stora discussed the NRL judiciary and their inconsistent rulings on this week's podcast. I've done that, mate, so rewind and have a have a listen. Uh Benny Storer again touching the referee infringement has to be removed. How Hayne and Smith touches different to Brazil Simona three weeks, Ryan one. Yeah, look, I've got no idea. That the judiciary is just a mockery. I think the more you try and understand it, the less clarity you're gonna have, mate, so I mean, it's a lottery and we're just going to have to deal with it hopefully until the NRL fixes it over the off-season. The Buckster, do you see the Knights getting much better next year? Can they avoid the Spoon or is the lack of depth just too big a, stretch, or too big a factor? Uh, next year is obviously a, a new year. Uh, look, I, I think the Knights have improved, definitely. They're, I think they're a much harder side to beat now than what they were at the start of the year. I thought probably for the first half of the year they were one of the worst sides that's ever played in the NRL, to be fair. Uh, but now I think they're you know, they obviously got blown away on, uh, on Sunday afternoon by the Panthers in the second half, but it was 6 all, So they're improving. They are improving. Um, Adam Stevenson, if you had to pick two players from the top five nations for a new NRL franchise, who would it be? Wow. Well, I'd have I gladly have Cronk and Smith uh, for, from the Australian side. Uh, I'd have Roger Tuovasashek and Sean Johnson from the Kiwis. Who else have we got? Top five nations. We've got England. Uh, England. I'd, I'd have Sam Burgess, definitely. Uh, and I'd have, well, I was going to say Josh Hodgson, but I'd have Callum Watkins, actually. Give me Callum Watkins. Uh, who else have we got? If we got? PNG. I'd have David Mead. Absolutely. I'd have Dave, David Mead and Nene McDonald. I'd take those two. Uh, and if we're looking at Fiji, obviously, I think uh, Semirad Radradra should be a fiji player so I'd, I'd take semi and even if, if you're looking at another island nation uh well geez I'm not too sure you there'd be there'd be an absolute stack that I'd take but off the top of my head that's who i'd that's who I'd take definitely but obviously you got to fit them under the salary cap so uh yeah well that's gonna be that's gonna be my challenge so and that wraps up all our questions for this week so we might have a little bit of a squeeze at my tiers and my uh, power rankings for this week. Now, my tiers, I haven't changed too much. Now, last week, what did I have here? Let me get this sheet of paper and we'll have a, have a quick squeeze. Um, last week, I had the Storm and Sharks locked in at top four. That's changed a little bit this week. I've got the Storm, Sharks and the Raiders locked in, in in the top four. In the top eight, I've got the Bulldogs, the Cowboys and the Broncos locked in. So that hasn't changed, only that the Raiders have jumped up into the top four tier. The Bulldogs, they're only going to have to win one more game and they're going to be locked in as a top four side. But uh, I expect them to get beat tomorrow and there'll be a little bit of interest in that final spot if the Broncos manage to knock off the Bulldogs because they'll only be two points off them. And the Bulldogs, they don't have an easy run home. I think they've got the Raiders and then they've got uh, South Sydney last round from memory. But in the mix, I've got the Panthers, the Titans and the Warriors. So the, uh, the Tigers have dropped out of that. Uh, dropped out of that tier and i've, I've created a new one that's called life support and that's exactly what the tiger season is on at the moment i don't know how they're going to manage to win two from three games i know they're playing really good football but they've got a tough run in and uh they've got no james cedesco so i've got them on life support and then obviously the rest of the sides i have down is dead so the dragons manly south eels roosters and knights i've got them gone now Last week, um, there was a few comments made about my power rankings, and that's all well and good, but look, I'm going to make a new rule this week. I'm not going to reply to anyone unless you give me your 1 to 16. It's very, very easy to get on and bang and bash up my power rankings, but if you don't have your own, then I don't think you're entitled to an opinion. So I'll go through my power rankings from 1 to 16, I'll give you what. Uh, obviously 1-16 to 16, and then I'll tell you, where, you know, where that team has moved from last week. At number 1, I have the Canberra Raiders. They're number 1 on my power rankings. They were at number 2 last week. Look, they've beaten the, the top two sides in the last two weekends. They're the form side in the competition. They deserve to be number 1. At number 2, dropping down last week from number 1, I've got the Melbourne Storm. I thought they competed very well. They're going to have Nelson Asafa Solomona and Felice Kafusi come back into that side. Next time they play the, the Raiders, it will be in Melbourne you would think So Obviously, the Raiders won't have that home field advantage. Number three, I've got the Bulldogs. They've jumped up from number six, and look, I've got them there because, plain and simply, they're uh, they're winning. The the other and the other sides aren't. They're in the top four. The Bulldogs, so uh, you know, winning winning form is good form. At number four, I've got the Cronulla Sharks. They're down one spot from number three last week. Look, I expect them to regain their momentum. Over the coming weeks, heading into the finals. At number five, I've got the Cowboys. They're down from number four last week. Again, they've lost a couple in a row, and uh, you know I've, I can't uh, I can't reward losing form. Number six, I've got the Broncos. They're up from number eight last week. Uh, a pretty p- pretty impressive performance, I thought. Particularly their second half was good. The Brisbane Broncos, and it looked like Milford and Hunt is going to start to find some form. They're up from number eight. The Panthers, they slot in at number seven. I'm still not convinced on their form. They beat the Roosters without Pierce and Warrior Hargreaves, and they bashed up Newcastle. But, look, they're probably now only one win out of uh, making the finals, and they're up from number nine last week. The Warriors, they're down at number eight from number five. I really don't know how to get a take on them. And the big improver this week, the Sydney Roosters, I've slotted them in at nine because this is power rankings based on right now. Who, who do I think are the best teams from one to 16 right now? I thought that performance from the Roosters highlights you know, what their season could have been if Mitchell Pearce didn't throw it down the road and they had obviously all their injury concerns. Um, and obviously they've, they haven't played very well. So they're up from 15 last week. I've got the Titans at number 10. They stayed the same. Look, oh, as a Titans man, you know, I'm still a little bit apprehensive as to how we're going to win uh, two out of our next three. Obviously we should beat Newcastle this week and then uh, we finish off with the Panthers and the Cowboys, so uh, a tough run in for the Titans with the exception of this weekend, which is a game that they, they must win if they're going to play finals football. At uh, number 11, I've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're up from number 13. At number 12, I've got the uh, West Tigers. They're down from seven, and I've almost got them gone this year. At uh, number 13, I've got the Dragons. They're up from number 14 last week. Obviously a good performance. Same as South Sydney. Uh, much improved performances over the weekend. Number fourteen, Manly are down there. They've slid from number twelve. The Eels at fifteen, they've slid from eleven, and the Knights at sixteen, they haven't moved at all. All right, we'll jump in and have a look at uh, the games from the weekend. And look, Thursday night, the uh, the round kicked off when the the uh, the Bulldogs. They you know found a way to win again, didn't they? It was a tough victory. Golden Point. It looked like you know it was going to go. Look, well, look to me like it was going to be a draw, but. Neither side could find a field goal, but uh, it looked like Josh Reynolds had won the game for the Bulldogs, um, but that try was disallowed in goal and point, and I thought that was a real 50-50, particularly with the referee sending it up as a try. Uh, I thought the, the, the dogs, I know it looked like Reynolds pushed him, but I'm not sure where Josh Reynolds was supposed to go in that occasion, but he ended up getting the winning try in the end, and look at that performance sums up Manly season, it's so close but yet so far. Look, they're lacking a plan or any real direction. The ball seems to go to Cherry Evans and Trubojevic, and if it doesn't happen there, it doesn't really happen. I think Jamie Lyon's slowing down, um, but the, the Bulldog spine is of concern to me. It doesn't convince me they can win the comp. Reynolds and Graham's, uh, James Graham are outstanding, and a bl- big clash with the Broncos this Thursday. That's going to be a huge game. Friday night, the Broncos, 38, they defeated the Parramatta Eels 16. And look, it's a big win for the Broncos. They needed that. They clicked back into some decent form in the second half, and Look, it looks like the Eels' gas tank it's running on fumes. They're tired. Uh, they've tried very hard, but they've got players out of position. They've lost a lot of their key players, and uh, they look gone skis. It'll be interesting to see how the Broncos uh, perform this week. They're going to get a real test. The Dogs uh, come up to Suncorp, and last time they met, the Bulldogs, I know it was during Origin, but they they gave the Broncos a real towel up Saturday afternoon, the Titans 19, they defeated the Tigers 18, and Hayne, look, he stepped up late, he pinched the game, really entertaining game, I thought, it was a bit messy at times, but look, for me, the big turning point, James Tedesco going off uh, with a broken jaw, Ryan James stays on, and look, I thought they missed Tedesco dearly, particularly in Golden Point, and uh, Mitchell Moses, he had some critical misses at goal, and uh, a few poor decisions during Golden Point, but the Titans, they did enough, they uh, and they, they keep their season alive. I think that, that really puts the Tigers under a lot of pressure heading uh, to Pepper Stadium this Friday night in a must-win clash against the Panthers. South Sydney, 41, they smashed the Warriors. Their discipline For the past two weeks, aside from a few silly, silly penalties at the end of last week's game in Melbourne, their discipline and error rate has improved out of sight, and it's reflecting on the scoreboard. They competed with Melbourne last week, and they've gone over and smashed an informed Warriors side this week. Um, you know, last week. Last week was a good loss in a way. Obviously, I thought it was a tough loss, but it, it was a massive improvement in, in their form because Melbourne are, you know, a very, very disciplined and hard side to beat, particularly down in Melbourne where South still have never won. Um, the Warriors had everything to play for, and they pooped the bed. Basically, they, they pooped the bed, and it really, you know, puts them back in, uh, you know, back in the field again. The last game on Saturday, the Dragons thirty-two. They beat up on the Sharks and. You know, were the Dragons good or were the Sharks bad? Or maybe a bit of both. Hard game to read, but uh, the Sharks, look, they need to click back into form to ensure they can finish top two, take some momentum in. Uh, let's see if the Dragons can back that up again this weekend. They obviously play the Roosters, and the Roosters are going really, really well, particularly when they get their players on the field. Um, but, yeah, that, that that game, you know, two weeks ago, you would have looked at the Dragons. Roosters are gone, oh, jeez, don't want to watch that. But, you know, it looks like a little bit of, a, you know, an underrated game this week. I look forward to watching it. First game on Sunday afternoon uh, after the City to Surf. Obviously I was uh, I was pretty well oiled by the time this one came on, but uh, it was 6 all first half. Pretty ugly game to watch, but the Panthers ended up uh, smashing Newcastle 42-6. to six. They really lit it up second half. They played with an intensity and a speed, which I haven't seen in, in a little while, and they played very direct, the Panthers. Uh, the Knights, they managed to drag them into the trenches of the first half, but look, the class prevailed second half, and it was much too much for Newcastle, and Look, it's a big two weeks for the Panthers. They now versus the Tigers and the Titans, and, uh, you know, they win those two. They're going to lock away that spot. I think they run into Manly last round. So they've got some winnable games ahead, and if they're good enough, they're, they're definitely close enough, the Panthers. Uh, look, I, and I still believe the Knights will be side on the way in. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, they've got the Titans, Souths, and the Dragons, I think, Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to see which one it is, but I, I I think they're going to win another game. They might not, but, I, you know, I'm going to keep beating that drum. I'm... Uh, I'm going to, you know, keep, I'm just waiting for it, just waiting for him to pull someone's pants down, hopefully it's not the Titans this weekend, uh, the second game on Sunday, the Roosters, 22, defeated the Cowboys, 10, a real surprise, but Mitchell Pearce, the inclusion of Pearce, for those of you that don't think he's the best half in New South Wales, you've got rocks in your head, because he is, he's a cut above, uh, he makes a massive impact to the Roosters' side and. I think if he played every round this year, and Boy Cordner played every round this year, and Wairere Hargreaves played every round this year, they're a clear top eight side. But that obviously hasn't happened, and uh, you know they've gone from winning three minor premierships in a row to being cellar dwellers. But look, this just proves what they can do when they've got their full stock uh, on the shelf. And look, the Roosters—they have the juice. The Cowboys look flat and tired, which is of some concern. It's the second week in a row, which I thought that. Um, and, but can they finish strong now and put themselves in the top four picture? Uh, we'll see what happens over the next three weeks. The Roosters—they're going to—they're going to make some uh, make some teams nervous. Who they're going to run into in the next three weeks? But Monday night, the Canberra Raiders 22, the Melbourne Storm eight. Look, they're beaten the top two teams in two weeks. What more can you say about the Canberra Raiders? They're the momentum team at this stage of the season. Uh, you know that's been coming for the Storm. I think they've been a little bit flat in their last few performances, but they've been good enough to win. And can the, can the Raiders maintain the run? I think they can. They've got the momentum. Hodgson and BJ Lailua in particular, absolutely outstanding. Shannon Boyd and Paul are leading that forward pack forward. They've got unsung heroes on the edges. Their defense is improving. Uh, Ricky Stewart seems to you know, be less stressed. So a lot of things going good for the Raiders. And uh, they're a good team to watch at the moment. I'm, I'm really enjoying watching them go around. Rightio, we'll, uh, I'll have a quick break now, and then we'll jump into the previews and tips for this weekend's games. Let's have a look at these games. Upcoming in round 24 in the NRL and on Thursday night, Suncorp Stadium, the Brisbane Broncos, they take on the Canterbury Bulldogs and they are favourites, the uh, Brisbane Broncos. $1.52, fairly short. Uh, the Bulldogs, $2.55. And let's have a look at the tips. Uh, myself and Lewis have tipped the Broncos. Mr. Gossip, he's tipped the Bulldogs. So it'll be interesting to see how that game pans out. Look, I think if the Bulldogs win there, the top four, I think is all locked up. Friday night, the Panthers versus the West Tigers. It's basically a uh, another semi-final for the Tigers. Uh, the Panthers very short favourites, a dollar thirty. West Tigers three dollars fifty. So you're getting some value. And Mister Gossip, he's tipped the Tigers. He thinks that's he thinks they're a chance. He doesn't believe as a Panthers fan in their form over the last two weeks. But myself and Louis, we're gonna we've tipped the Panthers. We think they'll uh, they'll get this one. On the first game on Saturday afternoon, the Newcastle Knights up at uh, up at the Hunter Stadium. They take on the Gold Coast Titans. Titans a dollar twenty. Newcastle four dollar sixty. I don't know whether they're a dollar twenty chance the Titans or whether their form warrants that uh, that price. But we've all tipped the Titans we expect them to be expecting the win. But look, Newcastle are a dangerous side, particularly up there. And if they get a couple of calls go their way, get some confidence and momentum, they're going to be a hard side to stop. Newcastle so beware titans uh the second game brookvale oval manly versus melbourne storm melbourne at dollar 32 manly three dollars 40 and look i think manly they're going to put the queue in the rack they're going to rest a couple of players have got injuries and look we've all tipped the storm we expect them to bounce back from that loss on monday night but they you know they've got a bit of a short turnaround so they're not going to have it all their way the melbourne storm and the last game on saturday night is the north queensland cowboys against the new zealand warriors the Cowboys a dollar twenty five. The Warriors four dollars, and rightfully so, I'd imagine, with the Cowboys' home form, we've all tipped the Cowboys. But who knows with the Warriors, they might pull one out and uh, pull the pants down to the Cowboys, and you know wouldn't that just throw another spanner in the works? Uh, the first game on Sunday down in Canberra, they play the Parramatta Eels dollar twenty Canberra four fifty Parramatta, and we've all tipped the Raiders. We expect them to win. Parramatta brilliant season, but the wheels are falling off, and they're running short on players, running short on confidence, and running short on enthusiasm. Uh, the last game on Sunday, the main game, the Sydney Roosters versus the Dragons, and this one looked like a stinker a month ago. But um, you know, it's a mouthwatering game now, and there's obviously that ANZAC rivalry between these two teams. Uh, we've all tipped the Roosters; they're a dollar forty-five. The Dragons, two seventy-five. Who knows what you're going to get out of the Dragons from week to week? If they reproduce what they did at Oaky Jubilee on Saturday night, they're going to be well in this game, and the Roosters are going to have to be right on form uh, of last Sunday if they're going to beat the Dragons, based on what we saw at Oaky Jubilee. But We'll see if they can. Well, both teams can back it up. Uh, and the last game, Monday night, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Cronulla Sharks. Cronulla $1.38. South three dollars and five cents. Uh, and look, I picked the upset in this one. I'm, I'm tipping South. I think they're in form. Uh, they've, they've played very well the last two weeks. They're looking to add a few uh, speed bumps in for sides on their road to the finals. And look, I, I think I don't think Cronulla are in good enough form to beat South Sydney based on the form, you know, the form of both sides over the last two weeks. Mr. Gossip and Louis—they disagree with me. They've both tipped the Sharks and they expect them to win. And I'll give you a bit of a score update in the tipping comp. I'm leading still at 118. Uh, Louis is on 117, and Mr. Gossip is on 116. So it's all nice and tight there. So Mr. Gossip's gone out on a limb on a few, uh, you know, early in the in the round, and I've gone out on a limb with Saus late in the round. Uh, so that almost wraps us up for this week. Uh, we've obviously got our live reads, the Kaisen Sports Performance—they're devoted to towards bridging the gap between amateur and elite sport. They are on a mission to provide all athletes the opportunity to experience high-performance training resources and support that any elite athletes receive. Uh, Our business services include performance academies, functional movement screenings, team building, and and leadership workshops and pre-season camps. The Kaizen Rugby League Summer Academy is coming soon, so check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance to keep up to date with all activity. Uh, and I'm look, looking forward to being a part of that Summer Academy. Again, I think it'll be a rip-up. We're going to go, I think, four weeks before Christmas, four weeks after Christmas. So, um, If you're in the Western Sydney area and you are looking to do some extra training, get that edge, jump on and have a look at Kaisen Sports Performance and uh, on their website and the Facebook page. Also, Rugby League Coaching Manuals. I'm going to have an article in the next uh, next edition on coaching in the finals and you know the sort of things that you need to do as you head into finals football for all the young coaches out there. Uh, But as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you're there to get the best out of your players, and who is there to get the best out of you as a coach, it's RLCM. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since 1993 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, and drill books. All this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to this, you will also receive access to online courses, an invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join us as a foundation member today. Look, we're going to say a special thanks to William Hill, as always. My charity bet this week, I'm going to go all in. I'm going the Rabbitohs 1 to 12. I'm going to have $100 on that uh, on Monday Night Football. And look, what price is that going to come up at? Uh, $4.55. So I'll get... $355 $355 back if, if South Sydney can win 1 to 12 so come on boys continue that form of the last two weeks and get us some money in that charity account which is sitting alright we're sitting at about $1500 so uh, if you've got any input into into charities or you know I think this year we're going to steer away from going towards a big major charities we're going to look for people who really need uh, you know a charity donation you know we're looking you know at the moment like we're going to raise upwards of you know $2,000 maybe two and a half, three thousand $3,000 hopefully if we can Find some form over the next uh, seven or eight weeks before the season uh, wraps up. But if you've got any suggestions or you know anyone doing it tough that you know needs some help, uh, please let us know. And, you know, we, hopefully we can tip the money into you know those people who need it vitally. And just before we wrap it up, I'll give you a bit of an update. A few people have sent te- uh, private uh, private messages asking how I went in the city to surf on Sunday. I, uh, I managed to run it in ninety five minutes, which was a, a significant improvement. I ran it in uh, what did I run it in last year? I ran it in hundred and seven minutes last year. So I've cut, you know, I've cut probably thirteen or fourteen minutes off. So um, very very happy. I ran it yeah an hour forty nine last year and uh, an hour thirty five this year. So if you've never done the City to Surf before, it's a brilliant event, raises a lot of money, a lot of awareness. It's a tough 14 kilometer run. Um so, you know, I I always do it tough being a bigger fella, 105 kilos. It's not easy to carry all that weight 14 kilometers, but um it is a very, very good day. And if you haven't done it before, I really encourage everyone to get out and do it. About eighty thousand people start there at Hyde Park all the way down to Bondi and uh we always jump in at Revisi's and have a few uh, celebrate, uh, beers, and then head to the rocks for some dinner. Um, it's a really, really good day. So it's everyone that did it. Um, anyone that was listening to the podcast, well done. And if you, um, if if you haven't done it next year, jump in, even if you walk, it doesn't matter. It's such a brilliant atmosphere. Um, and you'll catch the disease. You'll, uh, you'll, you know, you, you'll never look back. Trust me, but, uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy your rugby league. We'll be back on board next week. We'll have Louie and Mr. Gossett back. Thanks for all your support during this uh, little period where it's only been myself guiding the ship. I uh I hope I've done a good enough job to make you all still wanna listen. Um but uh we'll catch you next week guys. Bring it on. Give us more, give us more.
0: Where are you going? Where, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?